Well, it's so nice to be back with you. It's so cool, the real buzz and first dedication. Woohoo, I love dedications. And just by the way, if there is anyone here who, you know, as a, a married couple are wanting to have family and haven't yet, let me get my hands on you. I absolutely love praying because I've just seen God answer so many times and I'm, I love seeing miracles happen, don't you? Um, right, so I'm speaking this morning and as I said, it's lovely to be with you all uh, and it's nice to have a few autumn days, isn't it? I mean, honestly, for a while there, I thought we'd gone from summer straight to winter. Boom, you know. But then we've had these nicer days. So it was quite windy yesterday. I don't know if you noticed at times. It was really windy. In fact, I was out walking. I was walking down on my way to the gym. And it was so windy, it blew me into the coffee shop. <laughs> but you know, while I was sitting there... I was reading a magazine, and it's actually was, uh, it had a whole rural section in it, and I thought, well, you know, I've got to get used to being a bit more country, seeing, you know, I live out here. And so I was reading it, and I know that a lot of farmers with, with um, you know, dairy farms, they actually do have music going in their cow sheds and things, and this was a study that had been done, and the studies have proven that farmers that talk to their cows get produce more milk, or not the farmers don't, the cows, they get more milk. It's in one ear and out the other. <laughs> and I was still sitting there and a, a friend came in, well, acquaintance more than a friend really, and she came over to talk and uh, she was saying that she was going to turn 60 in a week's time and she was terrified and I said, well, it's okay, there is life after 60. And she said, well, people keep telling me that 60 is the new 50. So I said, well, actually, yeah, maybe, but I want to tell you that 10 o'clock is the new midnight. Though <laughs> 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 uh, so there are some advantages I pointed out. I said, like, for example, at Easter time, I found that I could hide my own eggs and half an hour later, forget where I put them. So, you know. <clears throat> anyway, that's all waffle. This is who I am, and this is what I want to say. I want to talk about um, the motiv- why we do things. What's our motivating force? You know, last weekend we celebrated Easter, and we do celebrate it, don't we? I mean, we should always remember the cross and the work of Jesus Christ. We should always be thankful for the resurrection. But Easter's just that special time where everybody, and, and non-Christians as well, that don't know that for themselves, recognize it, that that's the time that we do it. And so I think that the most well-known verse in the Bible, nationwide, worldwide, is John 3.16. And I love it because it actually kind of puts the gospel in a sentence, doesn't it? Because it says this, and it will be on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting, everlasting King James Version, your version, eternal life. For God so loved. Love, love, love. Uh, it's an amazing thing. I guess it's the most important word in the English language, as well as at times the most confusing, because we talk about loving custard squares, or well, some people do, you know, um, 
and loving our husbands or wives or mother or father. They don't equate. But we're told that love is a, a many splendid thing, that love makes the world go round, that all you need is love. Oh, any of that, my generation? <laughs> Crazy in love. Yep. Literally thousands of books, magazines, uh, movies that talk about love. For love, we'll climb mountains, we'll cross seas, we'll transverse burn it, burn it, burning desert sands. We will mow lawns, cook meals, clean toilets, change nappies, and endure other untold hardships. And without love, mountains become unclimbable, seas uncrossable, burning sands unbearable, and hardships our plight in life. Love really is the most energizing, purposeful, powerful, meaningful, and lasting, motivating force, fulfilling force. It's the greatest why. Now, if I were to ask you, and I'm not going to, so relax, but if I were to ask you why you are here this morning, I'm sure I'd get a number of answers. Well, I know some, but I'm here for the dedication, but... Even for everyone else, I'm sure there'd be a whole mixture of answers. For some people, it might be, well, my parents made me. Uh, some, it might be for fear of what would happen if I didn't. Some out of duty, people's expectations, guilt, and maybe think they'd get struck by lightning if they didn't come. Or they might have come to check out the talent. <laughs> Enjoy the music. Or even the morning tea. I hear you have good morning teas here. Now, I've had some of these motivations myself from time to time. And by the way, it's much better to be here even with the wrong motivation than not because at least you're putting yourself in a good place for God to get through to you. But I know that when I come because of my love for God, it gives me a greater desire to worship him, to learn more of him to be open to what might be being said. It's way out there, fulfillment-wise, if I come because of my love. Now, I know what I'm telling you is nothing that you don't know. It really isn't. And you will leave saying, well, that was a simple method. You'll be right. I'm not a simple person. I'm quite complicated, actually. <laughs> no, I am simple. I'm a rubber-hits-the-road person, and I think sometimes... We forget the basics. We forget the basics. We know love is an incredibly strong motivating force, right? Love is so much more than just a feeling, though, isn't it? In fact, at times, we don't have any of the warm, fuzzy feelings. But love is an action. And so we choose to love, to show love, to be love. And... Just for a moment, think of the choices and changes that have happened in your life because of a, a love with another human being. Things that you have done or haven't done or that have changed. It would be really interesting if we had time to dialogue, but I'm going to hog all the speaking space here, so we're not going to. But I think of some of the things in my life. I think, you know, I know as a teenager, many of the choices, the right choices I made were actually for my parents' sake. 
Not that I was afraid what they would do to me, but I didn't want to hurt them. You know, I think of the first date we had, my husband of 47 and a bit years. I know, I was only a child. (laughs) (laughs) He took me to a classical uh, concert. Now, I've got to say that that wasn't my bent in those days. So... But because I was really quite smitten with this guy, I went to the library. Yes, that's what you did in those days. You went to libraries. There was no Google. But it's all right. I had a good horse and wagon. And so I went to the library. I got a book out on the composer. And you could even hire, you had to pay a wee, but you could hire records, you know, vinyl, go round and round. Records, and I listened to this book. This lovely symphony. I never said blimmin' thing. Um, <laughs> because I wanted to make a good impression. And I knew that it was something that he loved. And so I wanted to be a part of it. That was an amazing change. And do you know, I really get great pleasure <laughs> out of classical music now. Isn't that amazing? In fact, even more amazing, I even like opera. Um, well, some opera, <laughs> and I've got to be in the right mood. But, you know, the radical changes that we make in our lives because of love. I, I remember, I don't know if you've heard of BK. I know you know what BC is. Well, BK is before kids, because honestly, it is a different lifetime. <laughs> before kids, I used to think that cricket was the most boring game. I couldn't imagine even playing it. There's only two people running, the rest are all standing around, you know. What's the point of it? But our oldest son got really into cricket quite young, and he was a great influencer over our younger ones, and he was getting all them involved too. And and one day I was walking down the hall behind him, and you really had to be careful because he would suddenly decide to practice his straight arm bowling, you know. And if you didn't move quickly enough, you got swiped. And I'd just done the duck of this, and I thought, do you know what? I need to look at this, because I am going to have years and years and years of cricket. I need to do something about it. If it's important in their lives, I want to know about it, because I love them, and I'm interested in what they do. So I went and I got went to the library. And I got a children's book, I must confess, <laughs> on cricket, explaining cricket, and learnt about it. I learnt the different, you know, place positions and all of those things and, and, and actually got to understand it. And when you understand things, it makes a big difference as to how. I, I can't say it's on the top of my list, but that's a change that you made for love. And, and it goes on, doesn't it? It goes on and on, the changes that we make, the choices that we make because of love, because love is more than a feeling. It's a doing word. It's an action. I mean, this week, to be honest, it still goes on. We went into town twice for dancing competitions. Now, we have all sons, (laughs) so this is a new world to me. And it wasn't even just normal dancing, it's tap dancing. I mean, really? You know? But we've got two grandkids who are wonderful at it and love going and seeing them do it. Why? Not because I love tap dancing. Not because it was even my thing. Imagine, it'd be like <laughs> elephant dance, maybe, you know, but, <clears throat> but because I love them. 
uh, also BK, I, I can recall seeing parents eat some of their children's sloppy food. You know, where they come up with a half-eaten biscuit and give you a bite, and they'd actually eat it, or one spoon for you, one spoon for me. You know. And I just thought that was so disgusting. <laughs> it just about made me, ugh. But, guess what? After you've got children, those, that sloppy food doesn't seem so bad after all. So it does remind me of a true story. Here's the timer. A true story. Uh, uh, a family had been asked out for a meal to another um, person's house. And the hostess had been very careful to ask what her, their children would eat. And so she had assured this host that they loved spaghetti. And so that they'd all eat spaghetti. So that's what she'd made them, and that was fine. Now they had the adults' table and the children's table. It's quite nice, too, when you're visiting, isn't it? And during the course of the evening, um, the hosts were out in the kitchen at the time, and the, the four-year-old comes in with the plate and half empty, uh, half full and says, I can't eat my spaghetti. And so Dad quickly scoops it onto his plate and sends her back with the empty plate, you know, just and, and eats it for her. And then on the way home, Mum said to her, spaghetti why couldn't you eat your spaghetti and she said the dog licked it <laughs> back to <laughs> love is so important as a motivating force in everyday life in everyday matters but even more so an important as the importance of matters of life death Eternity, my very being, who I am, what I do for God. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, For Christ's love compels me. Compels us. Personalize it. Say, Christ's love compels me. So whether it's the setup, car parking, welcoming, creche, life kids, worship team, life groups, tech teams, morning tea, whatever... If we do it only because of need or out of guilt or politeness or people's expectations, then it's just a job and you can get sick of it pretty quick. But if you do it because of love for God, flowing on to love for people and God's work and kingdom, it becomes a ministry and is so much more rewarding. A task becomes a ministry. See, if we're nice to our neighbours or our fellow students or workmates as a polite thing, well, it's better than not being nice, obviously, but how much more meaningful if it's out of a God-given love for them? Right? But in the midst of being and doing, when people don't reciprocate, when they fail to express gratitude, when they take advantage of your generosity, when nobody seems to care that doing something kind for others is eating up your time, energy, and resources, when people don't realize you've got a life, have any of you found that the love motivation can become a little frayed around the edges, lost sight of, or just plain lost? Now, to be honest, there have been times when I have found myself in this very situation, where things have been kind of meandering along, 
and I realise I don't feel on the cutting edge. My motivation is lacking. There's a, whatever, um, kind of attitude that has invaded me. The things I've been involved in have become tasks rather than ministry. And I've learned that at this point of time, there's things I need to do. And the main thing I need to do is I need to remind myself of scriptures like this one. 1 John 4, verses 7 to 9, and parts of 16 to 19. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. We love because he first loved us. See, because if I'm in the midst of feeling like whatever, it's not actually the time to, it's not enough to proclaim that God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the creator of the heaven and the earth. I need to proclaim, I need to remind myself and thank him for the truth that he loves me. He cares for me. Christ died for me. God's personally involved in my life. Human love is flawed, but there is a source of perfect love available to every one of us. Listen to these couple of verses from Romans 5, 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time when you are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, one of the most remarkable things about God, he, he doesn't just love us when we're doing well and looking good, but he loves us despite the attitudes, the bulges, the warts and all. It's love beyond reason. It's 100% unconditional love. Now, we have four sons, all who had plenty of energy when they were young. But one in particular, and he is here, but there's only three out of the four here. So I mean, there is three out of the four here. The others are living. Three of them are here today, so you've still got to keep guessing. But around the two-year-old stage, he had incredibly high energy. I mean, leap over tables, ricochet off the walls. He was adorable, but he was a regular little hurricane. And after tucking him into bed at night, I'd walk out of his bedroom and think, thank goodness for that. <laughs> but later, when I was on my way to bed, and I'd look in and I'd see this angelic-looking, blonde-headed little fella sound asleep, I would be totally overwhelmed with this feeling of love and would know with 100% certainty that I would do anything to protect him. I mean, wow, you touch my baby, I touch your face, you know, just absolutely encompassed 
with this love for him. No matter how much frustration he had caused during the day. In a similar sort of a way, I have found that there have been times when it's been me ricocheting off the walls and dancing on the tables. And, um, and I have to stop and ponder on the love of God for me. I have to consider the way that he loves me, how he loves each of us. And in that, I'm refreshed, re-energized, restored, overwhelmed by his love. It's such a key in getting back on track on becoming re-motivated. Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote in the mid-1800s, and no, before you ask, I wasn't there. <laughs> she wrote a poem titled, How Do I Love Thee? Let Me Count the Ways. Well, God's Word actually has a number of descriptions of the ways he loves us. We're going to have a quick look at it. It's just the title and a couple of scriptures that I'll give rather than drawing out from each one. So here we go. So how does God love me? Number one, he loves me with an everlasting love. Psalm 136, the whole chapter goes a stanza and then his love endures forever. Stanza, love endures, every second one. Number two, he loves us with an unfailing love. That verse is, the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. He loves us intimately. Those scriptures there, and this one in Psalm 139, it talks about when I sit, when I rise, my comings and my goings out, even my very thoughts that he knows. Matthew 10 is the one where it talks about he knows the numbers of hairs on my head. Number four, he loves us from the beginning. Psalm 139 is an amazing psalm. If you feel a lot bit blah, try reading Psalm 139. It talks about how he created my inmost being. He knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves me with an unforgetting love. Isaiah 49, 15 and 16 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she bore? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved your name on my hands. I'm going to take a two minutes on this one. The story is actually from, I was trying to work it out, it must be close to 20 years ago. I was dealing with a, when I say dealing with, I was regularly seeing a lovely mother, young mother of young children. She'd been a nurse, but she was a full-time mum and she was suffering really badly with depression. I was seeing her on a weekly basis, just meeting with her and talking with her and praying with her. And during the course of one of those times, it became really obvious because of her past, she just had the wrong impression of herself. And uh, that was part of where the depression was coming from. She just had, had no self-worth. And so I'd sent her this little thing that I'd made up. And I'd, I popped, I said, I'll send you this. And no, I won't wait till next week. I'll send it in the post. So it's just a sheet that I put together called a biblical answer to self-worth. And it just goes various things about what God says about us because that's where we need to get our self-worth from. And uh, I'd send it to her, okay? She wasn't getting better. She was on antidepressants and things, but nothing seemed to be really helping her, but... Anyway, I guess we didn't realize quite the state she was in, but 
one day, her husband, one evening, her husband rang and said, when I got home, my wife took off, she took the car, and she's gone, and this was now three hours later, and had young family, and she hadn't returned, and he was really worried, and uh, so was I. And so uh, what, what we do, we had zero idea of where she might be. We had no idea. She didn't have any family in the city. We, did, we just didn't know. And so all we could do was pray. And uh, about two hours after that, she got home. When I went and saw her the next day, I found out the whole story. She had just been feeling so desperately low, um, desperate, that she had decided that the family would be better off without her. Absolutely not the truth, but that's how she felt. And what she'd been doing had been saving various tablets. As I've already said, she was a nurse, so she knew what she was doing. She'd been saving enough tablets to actually commit suicide with. She had stuffed them in an envelope in the drawer beside her bed. And when her husband had got home, she just had a really bad day. And she went in, she grabbed the envelope, stuffed it in her handbag and took off. She actually went up and drove up to the Port Hills and sat there for a long time, struggling with the mix of feelings. And in the end, decided, no, this is the only thing she could do. She couldn't see a way out of it. It was too hard to cope with. It was too hard on the family. And so she got out the envelope to take the tablets to end her life. And she grabbed the wrong envelope. In it was what God thought of her. I can still go goosey after all these years, but it was such an amazing thing. And she said to me, she said, Jill, I can't, I know I haven't, can't totally believe it, but I also know I could no longer deny it. She said it could have been envy, envy the load. I've got the electricity bill in there. You know, it could have been anything to that that I grabbed this one. It's amazing. And uh, that wasn't the end of her journey. You know, there's still a journey to take. But I am so happy to say that her and her family and that are in the church now, still. And I praise God for that. He loves us with an unforgiving love. Sometimes we feel forgotten. Anyone? Sometimes feel you've forgotten, but we're not. And that's the truth of it that we have to remind ourselves. Number six, he loves forgivingly. Colossians 2.13 says, When you are dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. He loves with a purpose. The Jeremiah reference there is the one about how he plans, has plans for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm. Plans to give you hope and a future. And Ephesians 1 is, His purpose is to be presented without stain or wrinkle, holy and blameless before God. And full circle, he loves us sacrificially. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Can I encourage you? Take time to ponder on God's amazing love, his amazing grace. Be thankful for it. Be refreshed by it because it is in knowing God's love and in knowing God's grace that we can find the energy to give love. 
and to show grace. Let me quote a, a, a quote from Mother Teresa. She described it as the wire is you and me, the current is God, and we have the power to let the current pass through us, use us, and produce the light of the world, Jesus Christ. A wire never runs out of power if it's attached to an inexhaustible source, and God's love never runs dry. Hallelujah. Sometimes we use the wrong measuring stick for our day, thinking that the more things we've got achieved, the more things we've got ticked off our list. I love ticking things off my list. The more valuable the day's been. Thus, we can be frustrated when there are interruptions and unexpected calls in our time, and we can think the day has been a waste of time. That's a now mentality, not eternal measure. Actually, my day, your day, our day, has only been wasted if I haven't spent time loving God and loving other people. 1 Corinthians 13b puts it like this. This is a new living. No matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Sometimes we get intimidated into inaction because we see the mountain of needs in the world. And we feel that whatever we do just won't make any difference. Listen, here's a fundamental truth. No expression of compassion to another human being is a wasted effort. Sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it mightn't go quite where we think. But it will still be positive for the person that you give it to. Oftentimes we don't see the result of it. Sometimes till years later. Listen to the story and we're nearly finished. Of a new volunteer. I read this years ago and I just loved it. I've kept it. Uh, a new volunteer had gone over to Mother Teresa in the poorest part of Calcutta uh, to serve over there. And she was being given a tour of the children's home by Mother Teresa. And Mother Teresa spotted an infant who had been rescued from the streets but who was beyond medical help. The child was surely going to die that day. She picked up that baby and handed it to the volunteer with these simple instructions. Don't let this child die without being loved. This is what the volunteer said later, and I'm reading it and quoting it. I held her in my arms, and I loved her until she died at 6 o'clock in the evening. I spent the hours humming Brahms lullabies, and do you know, I could feel that baby as tiny and as weak as she was, pressing herself against me. Even a dying infant responds to a simple act of human kindness. We don't have to take it upon ourselves to change the world, but we can change our world. During the course of everyday life, from common courtesy to going out of our way, to assist those in need, doing to others what you would want them to do to you. And I'll tell you what, it'll make a difference in their life and yours. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. God so loved 
that he gave. Be overwhelmed by God's love and love him in return and express love to fellow human beings and watch what God can do through us. Thank you for listening. Let's just pray. Actually, before I do a general prayer, there are a couple of people that I, I don't know who you are. But this morning when I was praying, there were two pictures that came to me. And one of them was a mother of a mother hen gathering her chicks. And it's always so cute to watch. And then they sort of gather them right under their wings. And so I looked up the verse because I knew there was a verse on it. And it's Jesus actually speaking to Jerusalem, but I want to read it. Jesus' words. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I really felt that that verse is for someone here. And I had a picture of someone sitting kind of on the outer and you were shivering. It wasn't cold, but you were shivering. And I just felt that the Lord wanted to encourage you today that you aren't alone that actually he longs to gather you under his wings, a safe and warm place for you to be. And the other one was a similar thing. I, I guess it's almost masculine, feminine. That's not the way I was thinking about it. But the other one, I saw this huge tower and it looked so strong. It looked amazing. It looked very European. And I immediately thought of the strong tower of God. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And this too, I thought that there was someone here today who needed to be reminded that actually, sometimes we need to run to the strong tower. And there's someone here that today that the Lord was poking you with that. It's gone home. That you need to run to where you are covered in the strong tower. Don't stay on the outside any longer. You've got to run. Your choice. Up to you. And the other person on the other hand, God's saying, just let me, just let me, just let me love you. Just let me gather you. Let's all close our eyes. I'll even ask the musicians to close their eyes. And Can I have the house lights up just a little bit? I, I need to know if there is someone that I need to pray those specific prayers. Everyone with their eyes shut, please. I've got mine open. If you've got, if that's right, thank you. There's one hand there. Anyone that's responding to that, thank you. Anyone else? Excellent. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Mighty God. Mighty God. Father, I just thank you for those two images. And Lord, right now I come to you and I say, Holy Spirit, you do the work. Let those words minister to this man and this woman, that they would know you right now, Spirit of the living God falling upon them, ministering to them. Lord, for the one who needs to be brought under the shelter of your wings, let your love engulf her even now, that you would feel, literally, I know we don't rely on feelings, but let her feel your love. Safe, warm, gathered and Lord there's one that needs to run into you 
God give leads to that action, leads to that thought that he would run into you. Know that you are a source of strength. God, that we can trust you. We can trust you because you love us. And Lord, for each one of us, Father, I thank you that we can just so rely on your amazing love. And that it's not just a blanket thing, but it's for each of us. And it's not just when we're doing well and doing the right things, it's at all times. And so God, I pray, Lord, for those of us that need to be boosted afresh with that revitalizing motivation of your love, let us go for that. And for all of us, help us to carve out some time just to ponder on and be amazed by and be fed by your love. That we might be ones that shed it abroad, that make a difference in our world, that can keep on giving, that can keep on being that light in this world of darkness. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.